Next on BYU Sports Nation, remember Nostris Nocturnus? BYU has a new Latin gym, Occupandi Temporis, or Seize the Moment, and the top 25 for that matter. I don't speak Latin. Why BYU being ranked in the top 25 is great, but is it? And the real story behind Kalani Satake's decision to take two timeouts at the end of the Wisconsin game. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, September 18th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Pig Latin historian Jerem Jordan. I remember in like fifth grade with Nick Bailey, who you eventually became friends with after me uh, when I moved to Utah in the same area. Weird. Uh, we would speak Pig Latin. I don't think I can speak it now, though. It's like too hard for me to. I don't even remember the rules. Figure it out. Yeah. Let's. Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's talk BYU <laughs> sports. I was like, we can go into that. No one cares. Oh, there were a lot of weird things that happened in elementary school. Pogs, Pig Latin. Oh, I love Pogs, dude. Did you ever come across Bubble Talk? No. Okay. Well, sounds awful. I'll have to enlighten that? you on that. Ibit sabans labaik dibis. Yep. Bubble talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm out of here. This is dumb. Here's what's lined up on today's show. Two on one with Corbin Kafusi in 15 minutes. All types of gems in that interview. Lauren McLean and Harvey Longy quiz fans about BYU football in 30 minutes. They call it Har and Lar. Har and Lar. Uh-huh. That's nice. I just keep wanting to say Laurel and Hardy, but whatever. <laughs> and for once, Brian Logan was not too bold in a prediction for the game. There's a backstory behind that as well. That's in 40 minutes. Anyway, loaded show. We're bringing it. BYU beats Wisconsin. You know we're going to bring it every single day this week. Plus programming note, those of you in Utah, you can now listen to BYU Sports Nation and BYU Radio on 107.9 FM. This used to be called The Mountain. Now it's The BYU Radio. It reaches uh, Ogden to Provo. So listen uh, to our program at noon Eastern or 7 Eastern every day, baby. Yeah, it should be. It used to be 107.5 the end. Uh, across Utah and the... Yeah. Well, we're talking about 107.9. Yeah, now that's the yeah. real end, right? We're, BYU yeah, Radio is 107.9, the end. Why does the end. go to 108.0? <laughs> <I don't... laughs> Can we get our communications the experts in here? Doesn't yeah. Work. I yeah. Don't know. yeah. We now present today's top headlines across BYU Sports Nation. Say hello to the National Team of the Week. It's BYU football, according to the Football Writers Association of America and... The NCAA after the Cougars upset number six Wisconsin on Saturday at Camp Randall. What does BYU get for that? I wish they got like a pinata or something. That would be awesome. We're giving you verbal credit. Elijah Bryant scored 27 points in his first professional game in Israel for Hapoel Eilat as his team won 78-75. The first regular season game is October 7th. Lindy Haddock Epic of number one ranked BYU women's volleyball earns West Coast Conference Player of the Week honors after recording a 42-dig performance in three sets in a win against Weber State. Hello. It was assists, actually. Assists. And women's soccer <laughs> lost 3-1 to yeah. Long Beach State last night. Bella Folino scored the lone Cougar goal. BYU led that game. The first time all season they have led and lost. They gave up three goals in the second mm. half after scoring their lone goal in the second half. Well, then. 
Strange turn of events. Uh, let's move on to a better note. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Tanner Mangum received the top rating of any individual BYU football player from Pro Football Focus after his performance against Wisconsin, a rating of 90 out of 100. Many of you are saying, wait a second, he only threw for 89 yards. One for almost each yard. On 12 of 22 passing, no touchdown passes. So how does that work? Jerem, are we undervaluing Tanner Mangum's performance in the win at Wisconsin? Who is we? Uh, I understand the value of Mangum's performance. Uh, he converted a third and 10 for 21 yards to Talon Shumway. He didn't miss on hardly any throws. He put the ball in the money to Dallin Holker, who dropped it. Um, each game requires a different plan to win, okay? It's not uh, a set of binary zeros and ones that you punch in and then you get a certain result, right? There's all kinds of conditions, weather, uh, the opponent, the way you're playing, where the ball is, hash mark, down in distance, time on the clock. What Tanner Mangum did was be the general of the, the crew that won that game, Okay. BYU won the game by running the ball effectively, but Tanner Mangum needed to be the guy that uh, managed the game well. He didn't turn the ball over, didn't throw a pick, didn't take a lot of chances, and guess what? The turnover margin, to me, was the biggest difference in the game. The fact that BYU got one and tur- from Zane Anderson's interception and turned it into seven was good. Now, and the difference. Now, is, is Tanner Mangum's performance against, say, Arizona, Cal, and Wisconsin, sustainable for, say, a 9-10-11 win season? I do not think so. But at this point, I'm not really worried about that. I'm just worried about BYU getting to 3-1 and one against McNeese, compete against Washington, see if you can't pull another one off, and now you're talking. And, oh, by the way, BYU has played three Power 5 teams in a row. The toughest part of the schedule is, is over, okay? Now BYU's not playing a Power 5 team. BYU will play one more Power 5 team between now and the end of October. Tanner Mangum's performance against Wisconsin was composed. And again, I don't know why game manager takes such a harsh critique from so many people, but I thought he managed the game beautifully. And the passes that he did throw were efficient in a lot of cases. He made a lot of good decisions and taking what the defense gives you, which is why Pro Football Focus is looking at the dynamics of all of the situations. They look at a bunch of different areas to rate, okay, was the decision good at this moment, at this juncture of the game, based on where the field position is. So, yeah, I think he managed the game beautifully. I thought he was really smart. Of course, the drop by Dallin Holker isn't his fault. He put that ball right on yeah, the good. money. it was a good throw. Great pass. And he did something at a critical juncture in the game where he got outside of the hash marks and was able to throw the ball out of bounds. A couple of times. Yeah, uh, and thus allow BYU not to retreat further on the field and go the wrong direction. So I, I thought he was really, really smart. Now, I think we get caught up in looking at the yards and the completion percentage, and I don't fault anybody for doing that because I do that. But he managed it really well, and I thought he was efficient despite only throwing for 89 yards. And guess what? BYU is still capable of winning big games when your quarterback doesn't throw for over 100 yards. And that takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The point steady ball win over Wyoming was the last time BYU won a game with quarterback throwing for fewer than 100 yards. Okay, It was Tanner Mangum. It was 96 yards. And his one touchdown was the five-yard Hail Mary. 
that we joked about to Tanner Baldwin. So listen, it's it's fine in the one off. You win that. That's raining. You have Jamal Williams. He rushed for over 200 yards. Whatever. Squally Canada ran for 10.7 yards per carry. BYU was fine. Would BYU have won that game by more had Tanner Mangum played better? I don't know. Like, the game plan called for BYU to run the rock. So, listen, I'm telling you, it's not sustainable to play that way. But to me, uh, BYU did what it needs to do to win that game. I'm not overly concerned. But I am concerned that Tanner Mangum's not been the same guy since his freshman year. Like, if BYU wants to do more than, say, win eight games this season, Tanner Mangum will have to go to another level. Well, maybe BYU should play a not top ten team. And not Heisman winners. But that's when BYU's playing well right now is, is double-digit dog on the road, Heisman Trophy candidate on the other side. Or maybe they should play those teams a bunch. After three years out of the AP Top 25, the Cougars are back in at number 25 this week. Ha <laughs> Wild considering the rhetoric and the feeling after the game last week, right? Wild. Oh, fan base. Amazing. <laughs> but it might not be all blue goggles and roses according to the offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes yesterday on Coordinator's Corner. Yeah, I think rankings are uh, a fun thing for the fans. <laughs> I don't know that they're always a good thing for for the team necessarily. And my message to the to the offense today is going to be great job. Let's enjoy it for about another hour once we start meeting with them, and then that's going to be it. It's over with. And and whether um, whether we're ranked twenty fifth or seventy fifth, that really has no bearing on on our uh, performance this week against McNeese. Okay. Spencer, why is a top 25 ranking a good and or bad thing for BYU? Well, it's a good thing, as Coach Grimes mentioned, for the fans because it reinvigorates the fan base. It's been a three-year drought since BYU was in the AP Top 25. So, yes, excitement is high. That's good. That sells tickets. That gets people watching and wanting to watch more. It's fun. That's good. Also, it puts BYU in the national spotlight on shows like SportsCenter. If you're in the Top 25, you're guaranteed to have your highlights across all of the major platforms on all of the nightly highlight shows because you're relevant. BYU doesn't have a conference. We've talked ad nauseum about Wait, the what? only way that BYU can really be relevant nationally. The only way to quantify it. Is a national ranking, right? Yeah. yeah, in my, yeah. And I, they have that right now. So all of those are good reasons. As for the potential bad that Jeff Grimes brings up, I don't know, maybe it creates undue pressure that you put on yourselves. Uh, expectations run a little rampant. And sometimes players can become overconfident when they see a ranking like, ah, we got these guys. Mm-hmm. We're ranked. They're sure. an FCS team taking the situation that BYU is playing in this week against McNeese. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I think overall it's a really good thing for the program because there has been such a drought and – Kalani Satake was feeling the pressure. He just picked up the biggest win in his tenure as the head coach, and he was rewarded. So I, mostly I think it's good. But, yeah, there, there's some negative things that could potentially float in there. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, potentially negative. I think it's a great thing. BYU is ranked, man. BYU is ranked. Are you kidding me? After last week, we're like, oh, this is awesome. How excited was everybody when this they saw awesome. that number 25 Are next to BYU? Me? This yeah. is awesome, okay? Um, I'd enjoy it for the next two weeks because if BYU does lose to Washington, that's going away for a few weeks. But enjoy it. Like, I am enjoying it. I love it. My issue with it, though, is that BYU was not the same team when it was expected to win against Cal. And now BYU is expected to win as a top 25 team every game unless that team is ranked higher than BYU. So Washington, no. Boise State and Utah probably still no. 
even though BYU's ranked in Utah, is not. Let's just revel in that for a moment. They're okay? road games, <laughs> so BYU likely would still be an underdog. Yes. But BYU uh, now has pressure. And against Cal, BYU with pressure did not play well on offense. So we need more volume, more sample size to really see what BYU is. We have called for at least half the season. Here we are through a quarter of the season. The next three games, critical. Beat McNeese, who is a top 10 FCS team, really good defense, leads the nation in sacks and FCS. Play a good game at Washington. Let's see. There's hope that BYU can win that game now, whereas before there was not. Historically, that's been a really, really tough place for and BYU then, to play. And then Utah, Utah State team that has put up some points in back-to-back games, 60-plus. So let's see. But being ranked is awesome. But be on high alert and have the urgency necessary to win and now prepare the, well. The Cougars are searching for consistency, and it typically takes at least four to six games before we know consistently what a football team will be. BYU is not the team that beat Wisconsin every single week, nor is BYU the team that lost to Cal every single week. We don't know what BYU is yet. That's my real issue with all this. The regression to the mean, up from Cal and down from Wisconsin, is somewhere where BYU is. Now, the timing of the win against Wisconsin was majorly in BYU's factor. Also, the TV time slot and where the game was played in front of everyone watching, which was ABC or ESPN in the middle of the day against the top 10 team. Now, the second that it got weird and BYU had a lead in the second half, all of those eyeballs that aren't watching that game are thinking, oh, Wisconsin's in trouble against BYU. I'm going to watch that game. All of the AP voters are watching that game because it was Weird, and because Wisconsin, a potential college football playoff contender, still are, was in trouble at home. So BYU seized the moment. I can't remember the Latin phrase right now. It was the top. What'd you, what'd you put? <laughs> Ocupandi temporis. Ocupandi temporis. Yeah. They seized the moment when everybody was watching. You want to know why BYU's ranked 25th? Because they did it with everybody watching. So, so you think if it's like an eight fifteen kick that BYU's not ranked? Is no, that what you're saying? I'm exactly. That's exactly oh. what I am saying. I don't think that happens. Mm. I want your opinion, though, Jerem. How much did the timing of BYU's win weigh into their 25th ranking? I think the biggest factor is that BYU beat a top-10 team on the road. Okay. And it's Wisconsin. Okay. But I am with you. I think that because it was on one, ABC, and two at one thirty or 2.30 Central Time, I guess, uh, that that did play a role, that everyone saw it and knew it. It wasn't a wake up and go, oh, did Arizona State lose to San Diego State because that game ended at like 1 a.m. or something? Yes, I was watching that game at 1 a.m. on CBS Sports Network. Um, But no, you're right. There was sync in time. There was sync in time during the day, okay? And and it it became concrete by the end of the day, and it was like, wow. And then the storyline as is the case when BYU upsets somebody in Independence, what happened to the other team? Like when BYU beat Texas twice, it was, oh, Texas. And this was, oh, Wisconsin, the Big Ten's demise. They had a terrible day. I was like, <laughs> hey, we're over here. What's up? Hey, but you know what? BYU still got ranked even though the Big Ten had a terrible day. Right. BYU, listen, right now, BYU deserves to be ranked this week. And that's what it's all about. It's, it's a meritocracy. Very, it's in the moment. Like, it's in the moment, man. More people saw BYU beat Wisconsin, probably like triple the eyes, than yeah, saw Cal beat BYU in oh. a late kickoff in Provo. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, Just the Wisconsin 
crowd. Oh, so watching, a voter's like, crowd oh, I haven't watched BYU a ton until today. I saw them play against Wisconsin. What else have they done? Okay, they won at Arizona. Well, let's think about it, too. And they lost by three to Cal. Didn't see that game, but oh, it was close. Cal's 3-0, and but they just beat Wisconsin. Yeah, I think they're good enough to be ranked. Let's think about this, too. BYU has played on ESPN, ESPN2, and now ABC. And next week, we'll play on Fox. It's good. The blessings of independence. It's good. Also, and this week, BYU TV. <laughs> Our timing is dope Amazing. for this game. Amazing. Of course. Again, I went back and did the research. I don't think in independence, BYU has ever been ranked for a game that we have carried on BYU TV. So this is new territory for BYU TV. And BYU is playing a ranked team. Oh, a top in number 10. 10. A top 10 Nick team. Nice. Heath Schroyer, eat your heart out. Got to take care of the McNeese Cowboys. The McNeesers. Yeah. <laughs> Our question of the day, back to the quarterback performance. Is Tanner Mangum's performance against Wisconsin being undervalued? Time to hear from you. This is Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in on Twitter from at Intrepidus89. Absolutely in agreeance that it's being undervalued. People look solely at passing yards and touchdowns when his leadership helped the offense get through the game. The quarterback has to communicate the calls and manage every single play. P.S. He had a really good pass that Dallin Holker couldn't hold on to. Hashtag BYUSN. I thought he played well enough. I'm not, And I would say he played well. Yeah. 89 yards is not a great number, for sure. But the game plan dictated the BYU wasn't going to do that. I didn't think that Tanner Mangum stunk. In fact, I thought he... Didn't turn the ball over, like I said. The passing numbers weren't strong. Guess BYU what? BYU only runs ran a trick 50... play to throw a Listen, touchdown pass. Listen, BYU only ran 51 plays. That's true. So naturally, he was going to be sub-200 anyway. Exactly. But against Arizona, BYU had kind of this 200-200 thing going. They I think ran that's, a bunch more plays. I think that's where BYU is hoping to get, which is the 150-plus rushing and the two to 250. Hey, they got the 150 plus rushing against Wisconsin running 51 plays. Yes. So if you look at just Wisconsin, he played well. If you're looking at sustainability over season, obviously that's not going to work. But this just in. BYU's not playing sixth ranked Wisconsin on the road every single week. It's going to get easier from here. Well, 10th ranked Washington, perhaps not. But the rest of the games, a lot of those are going to be more manageable for Tanner Mangum to have better stats. From Facebook, Jay Yeaman says, Absolutely. Too many people are talking about his stat line and not looking at the bigger picture. Playing mistake-free football. Sure. What you talked about, Jerem. Yeah. No turnovers. Jay says, that was huge. The problem is we live in a fantasy football world where most people only value numbers instead of the whole package. That's true. If Yeah, I if there was collegiate fantasy... I would not have Tanner Mangum as my guy, you know. But BYU won that game. In the end, we're going to say, Tanner Mangum, remember those wins against Nebraska, Boise State, Wisconsin? Like, those are some pretty nice wins no. and memorable victories. You had fantasy football in college. You'd go draft Tua Tagovailoa from Alabama or Hawaii's quarterback, Wayne, for crying out loud. Wayne Haskins, is that his name? Ohio State? That guy is unbelievable <laughs> right now. Man. Okay, coming up, for once in his career, Brian Logan wasn't too bold on his bold predictions. Will uh, he what? gloat today? And what is the real story behind Kalani Satake calling two timeouts at the end of the Wisconsin game? Hint, it wasn't to ice the kicker. (laughs) Corbin Kafusi explains all of it next. This is BYU Sports Nation. I love this story. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Tonight at 7 Eastern, break down Cougar football with Dave, Blaine, Brian, and David on After Further Review. It's tonight on BYU TV and the app. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast or watch it by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, wherever, however you would like. I just realized I wore a shirt without a top button. Maybe subconsciously, so I didn't have to undo it. Are you going to wear T-shirts and just, yeah, yeah. For the next month? What is that? Oh, jeez. Well it. played. Worth it. Unintentionally well played on your part. I haven't worn the shirt in months. No top button for a month. Thank you, BYU football. How was that wheel of cheese, by the way? Oh, it was delicious. I ate the whole thing. Our question of the day is Tanner Mangum's performance at Wisconsin being undervalued at Nathan.Ganell on Instagram. Yes, one of the biggest plays was when he avoided a sack and threw the ball out of bounds on third down, which kept the Ooh. field goal at 45 yards, which yes. is the play I was That's referencing. the game-winning field goal. Very nice pull there, yeah. Game-managing. Smart, composed. Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You may have noticed that BYU called two timeouts at the very end of the game against Wisconsin. And everyone's thinking, oh, Kalani Satake is trying to ice a senior kicker. He's like, you save him. What are you doing? He's trying to ice the kicker. All the Wisconsin fans are raining down boos during the second timeout. They're getting antsy. It's super weird in the stadium. But there's a backstory to that that you probably had no idea about and never really would have thought of that we got light on from Corbin Kafusi. Here we are, BYU football, all access on BYU Sports Nation with the big lineman Corbin Kafusi. Corbin, still tall, still smiling, still feeling excited about that win at Wisconsin. Um, at what point over the weekend did the reality of it all set in that you had knocked off the number six Badgers. I think it always hits me kind of like long time after the game, you know, on the plane home, it's like, wow. Or you, you look at your phone, you know, an hour after the game and it's like, whoa, a lot of people hit me up. <laughs> Must have mean we did something good. So, <laughs> so that was kind of the reality of it right there. How many text messages? I think when I got, it was like 67 yeah. around there. You lost to Kalani. He had 420, you said. Yeah, yeah. And plus, 50 of those were for my family. Just, <laughs> you know. A group message that you're catching up to. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to scroll back through the family message just to see what they said. <laughs> the, the whole thing was just incredible. But describe to us that last sequence. So, uh, Gaglione is going to kick the field goal. And Kalani told you after the game that he called a timeout for somebody. I'm assuming it was for you. I was I was gassed, like completely and utterly gassed. I almost threw up a couple of plays before I was that tired. And we come off the sideline, and he's like, because he called that first timeout, and he's looking at me, and he's like, you ready? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you need another timeout? And I, like, tried to play it off, be the tough guy, and sucked in. I was like, no, oh, let's, let's do this. And he looks away for a second, and then while he looked away, like, I get down on my knees. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I'm dying. And he, he looked back over at me, and I'm like, actually, yeah, let's – Let's do another timeout. He's like, okay, take another rest. I was like, thank you, because I am dead. So he wasn't trying to freeze the kicker. It was for you. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was for us. It was for the team. It, it could have been, you know, two, two birds with one stone, it right? both ways. Yeah, 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 yeah it, it worked out. So when, when the kick happens, how quickly in that moment are you turning and then realizing, hey, he missed it left? It was, it was weird, because at first my heart sunk. Because they had such a good protection on the kick, I was like, I wasn't able to get a great push. Like I jumped, but nothing really happened. So Kyrus and I both 
like looked together and then as we saw it was just like oh no freaking way like it was it was amazing it was all (laughs) slow-mo yeah let's walk through that sequence from the time the kick is missed until you get into the locker room what's happening in your mind with your teammates on the sideline it was weird it was like it was almost like off of a movie at least for me I was so dead like I tried I think I got like one good jump in after he missed then I realized like I'm gonna collapse if I try that again (laughs) so I'm I'm like kind of walking everyone's running and I'm like walking with my fist in the air like shaking it my little brother comes out to me and I I remember I whisper in his ear I'm like hold me up (laughs) I need you to hold me and so like there's even this picture of us after and like it looks like we're having a good time but literally he's holding me up like when we walked to the other side of the field he's like holding me up the whole way because I was just gassed do you feel like the defense perhaps they weren't as similarly physically gassed but maybe um emotionally like the effort that it took to beat them was what that that's what it took oh yeah absolutely I think everyone felt that way and it was weird because like even though there's that big moment of everyone's happy and rushed there's almost this this feeling of gratitude and just like humility because you put so much into it and it's just this silent congratulations in your heart and so it was awesome until you got to the locker room so we got to the locker room and they start playing music. Then you got to dance. Yeah. Did you need to be held up in the locker room or did you have your energy back for that? You know, I had a little energy and, <laughs> you know, everyone's jumping around each other. So sometimes you're just piggybacking on them, but it was good. Describe to us um, how many times and, and perhaps why and what effect it had to play jump around House of Pain at practice. Aleva Hifo said, we probably heard that 50 times last week. Oh, yeah, and it was on repeat. It wasn't like, play that song, then come back to it. It was like, it stops, and it comes on again. So it was almost annoying to the point where it's like, who's, who's DJing? Like, who's on the ox? Get him off, man. <laughs> but then once it came on in the game, it was just like a big deal. It was like, oh, this is why we listened to it 100 times, and it was awesome. Yeah, how much did you actually pay attention to what was happening around you in that moment with 80,000-plus jumping up and down? The only thing I remember is, like, it, it comes on, and we all start going crazy. Like, our whole sideline just explodes, and I'm out there dancing with the guys. And then I remember about midway through, like, I looked, to the, I looked up into the stands, and they're not really jumping anymore. And I'm like, well, that's too bad because we are. <laughs> like, it was funny to see that they all started off like that, but then the crowd just slowly dies off. Because I think they see us, and I look over at their sideline, and none of them are dancing. And I'm like, well, that's too bad because you guys are missing out. <laughs> that's when I thought, okay, I think this is actually going down. But you guys throughout the week, we, we heard it, and we hear it for almost every game, like, we believe we can win. What, where did that really come from, and how did you actually execute that? I think it just came from earlier in the week. Like, like you said, there's just this weird mindset that we were going to win this game. Everyone just had this belief. And it wasn't, it wasn't a cockiness, you know, like, oh, dude, and it wasn't people faking it. Because it's easy to fake and just say, oh, we're going to win this game. But it was like, oh, we're going we're gonna to win this game. And so I think when we got onto the field and after the first couple series, everyone still had that. It was like a confirmation to that feeling we'd had, like, we can do this. Like, there's a lot we can accomplish right here. You see a number 25 next to BYU now, back in the AP rankings for the first time in three years. Uh, what do you think about that ranking, and, and how much attention do you pay to that? You know, I think we don't – I think it's nice because I know our, our fans love that and whatnot. But as for a player, you just see that, and it's like, we can do better. You know, this is just an outcome of what we know we're capable of. So it's nice to us, but at the same time, we know that there's more. Did you need some kind of adversity, maybe not a loss, but maybe, um, against Cal 
to have the performance against Wisconsin? It feels like you guys have to play a, a team that you're a double-digit underdog against and a Heisman Trophy candidate to win, I guess. Yeah, and I think, I think there's definitely things from the Cal game that we took. I, I don't think it takes a loss to understand that. You know, you can learn from winning just as much as losing. But I think the timing of the loss and whatnot definitely played a huge role in the way we prepared. Did you know, Corbin, that you helped not only end Wisconsin's 41 straight home game non-conference win streak, but Gonzaga's hmm. 41 home game win streak? Are, are you aware of that number Someone 41? told me that, and I was just like, you don't say. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like okay, that's, that's interesting. Like, <laughs> yeah. Can you describe the emotions of both of those? Because those were both ginormous wins, beating Gonzaga on the road and now Wisconsin on the road in football. It's, it's funny because they're, they're super similar. And I think the only difference is just the people you're around during it. And it was, I, had to, I went back and looked up some of the video I had from when we did beat Gonzaga. And I'm like, man, they're so similar. But different but similar. Like, I, you just love that feeling because that's just the ultimate, I don't know, it's the ultimate bonding experience with a team. And that's why I love it. Well, apparently you're lined up to uh, play three top ten teams in a row because McNeese State. Did you know State McNeese State is in the top ten? Is ranked in number, FCS? number ten they're, in they're number FCS. 10. Yeah. Okay. So your reaction to three top ten teams. <laughs> Bring it, man. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Oh, uh, Corbin, congratulations again. Great to talk to you, and uh, we know you'll get ready for the Cowboys. Hey, thank you very much. Corbin Kafusi, two-on-one BYU Sports Nation All Access. What a story. So you think BYU's icing the kicker? Boo! No, kick the ball. Let no, kick the it's ball. because Corbin Kafusi's tired. Yeah, so it's a good thing he was tired. Yeah, and the message from Kalani was, "Look, you're tired. Okay, I'm going to call another timeout. Rest up, and oh. now go do something with this." Yes, do and then something. and then he didn't. <laughs> but they missed it anyway. But Gaglione missed it. Yes, which was good. Yes, which was good. Coming up, Brian Logan joins us. How does winning a big game like Wisconsin change the season like it did in 2009 for that team? Oh, wait. Does Brian know something about winning a big game? Brian knows lots of things. Yeah. (laughs) Does he? (laughs) And next, how much do BYU fans know about this year's team? Harvey Longy and Lauren McLean. Har and Lar. Har and Lar. Investigate next on Between the Lines. Is there any dancing from Harvey? Yeah. Okay. Har and Lar. Check out BYU Sports Nation right now. With Kiki Solano, it's the latest in Cougar sports with a social media twist. Watch it right now on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Let's keep it rolling, shall we, BYU Sports Nation, with today's headlines. BYU football is the the national team of the week. According to the Football Writers Association of America and the NCAA, and BYU Sports Nation, we gave them that as well. That's true. Yep. Three legit national publications. <laughs> After upsetting number six Wisconsin on Saturday at Camp Randall Stadium, defensive lineman Corbin Kafusi says, "The win, yeah, can really help this team." I think it's it's huge for our confidence. Of course, that's a, one of the biggest things you can get from a win like that. Is you know that you can hang with the big boys, and so it's like, okay, how do we how do we grow from that? The 25th-ranked Cougars now turn their focus to the Cowboys of McNeese, top 10 team in the FCS this week. Lodge Bryant scored 27 points in his first professional game in Israel for Hapoel Eilat as his team won 78-75 the regular season opener October 7th. 
Lindy Haddock Epic of number one ranked BYU Women's Volleyball earns West Coast Conference Player of the Week honors after a record-breaking performance. 42 assists, not digs. Yeah, 42 digs is Can just you imagine insane. 42 digs? Yeah. <laughs> That's not correct. <laughs> 42 assists, which is still insane, in three sets wow. against Weber wow. State. Yeah. This Thursday, Cougars open up WCC play against the Pacific Tigers, 9 Eastern in the Smithfield House. You can watch that live on BYU TV. And the women's soccer team lost 3-1 to Long Beach State last night. Bella Folino scored the lone Cougar goal Friday night. Watch the Cougars and listen uh, as they play Utah Valley Friday night. And now a warm Studio B welcome back to the fabulous Lauren McLean. What's up, Lauren? Thank you. It's not warm in here, though. Lauren, you and... It's not warm. It's not warm. Yeah, it's cold. It's actually really cold. Indeed, it's cold. But your welcome is warm. Thank you. (laughs) You and Harvey Unga, Harlar, went on campus to see how much BYU students know or don't know about (laughs) BYU football. Yes, we did. And we stuck with the basics. Like, who's Kalani Satake? We showed him some pictures of some players. Do you recognize these guys? We didn't go into depth. And uh, the results were interesting. And for kicks and giggles... That's a weird phrase, by the way. Kicks, Kicks and, and gigs. giggles. Yeah. Kicks and gigs. We wanted to see if they had any clue who Harvey Unga was. Because let's be honest, before Jamal Williams, it was Harvey Unga. Yes, it was. So we were hoping somebody would know who he was. <laughs> On that note, let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. This is Questions on Campus with Lauren Hart. Wait, I thought it was Har and Lauren. This is Questions on Campus with Har and Lar. We're going to see how much these students on campus know about BYU football. Let's go. Oh, did you hear what I said? I love the band. She got married. It's okay. You're thinking of Edamama. We have a few questions for you. Are you guys BYU football fans? Yes. Yes? I don't know very much about it, but I like it. Okay, well, we're going to quiz you guys. To see how much you know about this current team, okay? Okay. Who's this guy? It's a coach. What does he coach? Probably football. Do you remember his first name? Nope. Kalani? Uh. Kalani Sataki. Kalani Sataki. Let's all say it together. Kalani Sataki, right? One, two, three. Kalani Sataki. There you go. Who's this guy right here? I really don't know. I don't know. Uh, is he a player? Player, yes. Currently on the team. Oh, I was going to say Jerry Rice 30 years ago. Nope. Running back. Bam. Knew it. What's his name? Oh, boy. <laughs> is that the running back Canada? Oh, wait, wait. Is that Canada? Canada. Because that's probably Canada. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds made up, but I'm sure everyone watching it's this actually knows actually his name. Fun. One more. Who's this guy? Is that Tanner Mangum? Yes. Tanner Mangum. Tanner Mangum. Tanner Mangum. Tanner Mangum. Ooh, that is Tanner Mangum. And he usually has a helmet on, right? Yeah. And he usually doesn't, right? Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> interesting. So you just know his eyes. Oh, you're going boot or hat. So these are the offensive staff on the team. So we want you to tell us which one, A, B, C, or D, is the best mustache. Oh. Take, take a good look. They're all different. They have their own flavor. Yeah, I mean, some of them you have to get really close to see the mustache. Definitely A. I'm going to have so, to go with A. I'd say A. I would also say A. I'm going to go with A. I mean, I don't like mustaches, but if you're going to go for it, all the way. That's a solid-looking mustache. Okay. It's thicker than all the other ones. It kind of reminds me of, like, a Top Gun, you know, okay. feel of mustache. Okay. It's got, like, the gray hairs, you know. The pepper look. Yeah. Salt and pepper. Yeah. yeah. a nice smile, right? Yeah. He actually does have a nice smile. 
That probably sounds weird. Struggle's real. The shrugger, shrugger, shrugger. Like you said. Excuse me. Okay, last question. We have one more guy. You know who that is? I have no idea who that is. Does he look familiar at all? Uh, Faze? No, not really. First name's Harvey. Last name come to you? Uh, I want to say it's Harvey Unga, but I don't know. Have you ever heard of the name Harvey Unga? Ring a bell? Kind of. Hey, what do you remember about Harvey? He was like the best running back that we had, I think. All right, I'll pay you later. Oh, is this you? <laughs> What's up, man? He's standing right in front of you. Oh, <laughs> You're talking to Harvey right now. Am I? <laughs> That's you? Good to meet you, man. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Harvey, how do you feel like that first session went? It was great. A lot of students were enlightened today. All right, well, thanks for joining us on our first session of Har and Lar. Wait, I thought it was Lar and Har. Are we going Lauren Har? You switched at the beginning. Lauren Har. We'll figure. Just join us next time. Ah, <laughs> uh, Har and Lar for the win. Lauren Har is actually what I want to call it, guys. Next week on Between the Lines, we are going to have Thomas Schoff and Tristan Hodge from the offensive line go out and petition for different things, like why they should be the Heisman Trophy winner. Oh, I think it's called so, the Peisman Trophy, right? Heisman, you have to score. yes. You have to score. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL and join the conversation using the hashtag BYUBTL. Great stuff. That's, I love what do you think? Harvey is one of a kind. He's a good basketball player, by the way. Yeah, really that's good. what I, I mean. Jabari Parker's his cousin, so he better be yeah. decent. Yeah, uh, Jabari played uh, last summer yeah. at the uh, Fieldhouse one time. We're gonna get we're gonna get Jabari on with Har uh, one of the Har and Lars. Just you call Bar and Har. Just Bar- and figure it out. Jar Jar, Jar? Har and Lar. Jabari. Oh my gosh. Kareem hey, Abdul Jabari. It's, it's Dane. Write that Laurel down. Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> so I I keep wanting to say Lauren and Harvey. Uh huh. Okay. 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 But you want to shorten it to yeah. Lauren Har, Har Harvey Harvey came up with that. Lauren's he still, was set that it was going to be. You got to do it. Then. If you, you go Lauren and Harvey, then you still are the first in that. Uh, yeah, okay, think about it. Point. Okay, I'll think about I'll, it. I'll pitch it to Harvey. Say you'll consider it. Oh, because thank you, Switzer, for your for that. Get out of here. I will consider that. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lauren. Lauren. <laughs> Coming up, BYU athletes rake in the Player of the Week award, and Brian Logan is in Studio B. What can a national ranking do for a team? See y'all in on the good? Maybe some of the bad, potentially? This is BYU Sports. He's over there, I promise. Between the Lines is presented by Tim Daly Ford and the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight at 8 Eastern, watch or listen to BYU football with Kalani Satake. It's host Greg Rubel talks with Satake, Sione, Taki Taki, and running backs coach A.J. Stewart. It's tonight after, after further review at 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. And it is, is Tanner Mangum's performance at Wisconsin being undervalued? Waffle Todd Answers on Instagram. Waffle Todd. Sounds delicious. Hmm. Should be valued. Wasn't amazing, but he did a great job managing the pace and not turning the ball over. That in all caps. Uh, Listen, if Tanner Mangum did this every game, no, that's not going to do it. But it worked Saturday against that team in that situation. It was based on 51 total plays on offense. Like We can't overlook that. BYU ran 51 plays. Don't underlook it either. 51 plays. What do you want him to do with 51 plays? Joining us now in Studio B 
is B-Lo, Brian Logan, former BYU football standout. He is here for a long day of football conversation. Hey, it feels good, dude, to, to be in this building, walking on this green earth that God created for us. After a win. <laughs> and that was no ordinary win. Can you believe that happened still? I mean, it's been a couple of days, but unbelievable. No, man. I, I, I mean, I'm still shocked. Um, I, I, uh, I don't want to say that. I can't say that this is like an upset for us. Um, maybe nationally. Nationally, everybody's like, oh, this is upset. I think we knew that these guys had the potential. So, I mean, it's no, shocking. Wait, now, but, hold, now, wait a minute. What? Potential. BYU lost to Cal and looked pathetic on offense. We were all like, ugh. Hopefully they just compete. No, no, no. See, see, I feel like I've been different than anybody else. Cause I, yeah, right, cause, that is for sure. And this is – and yes. <laughs> so you did that. That's a good one. Give me some. But, look, check this out. I, I just felt like, you know, Cal wasn't a good team. I, I knew that Arizona wasn't a good team. Um, and so how BYU played against Cal was so different than, uh, than Arizona. I was like, you know, Cal didn't come in and win this game. I just feel like BYU – didn't win it. I they feel didn't like they, execute. They didn't execute. It was, it was the, the simple, small things. You look at that drive killers, penalties, man. They couldn't get anything going. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Wisconsin. No, there's only – I remember one – There was three uh, penalties. Three penalties, right? But I remember one uh, that was a, a, a true drive killer. And I, I think they were at, like, the 20-yard line. They got a holding penalty, went back to, you know, 15 yards or whatever. And I was like, oh, see, there you go. We haven't had one of those all game. And for BYU to have one, I think, in the fourth quarter, proves – you know, the way that they played against Kyle versus now. All right. So looking at drive killers. Drive killers. Yeah. That's kind of how you are deciphering BYU's quality of play. That's, yeah. a, that's an interesting look. And, 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 the, and the thing about that is that those things are fixable, right? I can fix holding. I can fix those type of penalties. What I can't fix is talent. <laughs> I, can't, I can't fix that. I can't, unless I go and recruit, right? But as far as the right now, how do we get better? I can fix those things. And that's what makes me say we these guys have the potential now right now we've been looking at what tanner mangum did on saturday and have been asking people to answer our question of the day which is is his performance being undervalued 12 for 22 89 yards no turnovers yet pro football focus gave him the highest individual rating of any byu player in the game what do you think is his performance being undervalued i think so I think I think it's, it is by by fans and maybe as analysts. I think you look at what the defense did. Um, well, first and foremost, just the overall shock, right, of the win. Look at what the defense did. Um, then you look at Squally, and I think a lot of the credit is going to him. And and you look at um, you know the, plat, the the pass that we're looking at right now, um, the trick play, and and, and I think a, a total of all those things combined. You know, you, you, it kind of it kind of really overshadows what what Tanner did, and I think that the biggest key or the biggest stat in all that is the turnovers. No turnovers. That's that's huge. So I, yeah. I think so. He executed. Yeah. I thought he was really efficient. You, he didn't. He didn't lose the game. Now, did he go out and win the game? He probably, he probably not. He but didn't did he win the game? But he didn't. Lose but he the game. didn't lose the game. Sure. Right. Sure. Um, there'll be a game or two or three or five where Tanner Mangum needs to win the game for BYU. But that wasn't Saturday. Okay, so BYU wins that game. You were a part of BYU's last win versus top 10 team. What does a win against a team like that do for a team? What is it doing for BYU right now? (sighs) Man, I I think the biggest thing is just is the confidence. Um, I think I think the chemistry tightens up um, because you because you know, like like I know everybody that play in that game against Oklahoma, like that's a that's something special that we'll have forever. 
You know what I mean? Nobody could take that away. So we are automatically have that bond. You get closer. And then I think it, it motivates you a lot more, especially going through what they went through last year. Look, we, we came out and we shocked the world. Let's continue to do that. I don't think this is going to be, you know, the opposite where, oh, we can sit back and chill and let's, you know, like have fun. I don't think that's going to happen with this team. They From what they went through and, and how hungry they've been, all the reports that we've heard, I think it's going to give them more motivation. Jeff Grimes said yesterday on Coordinator's Corner, that BYU got its edge back. Yeah. And that for the Cal game, they did not prepare in a way that allowed them to play well and win that game. But now we're hoping that it leads to obviously a win against McNeese, but then Washington, yeah. and then Utah State, and Hawaii, and Northern Illinois, and then hopefully BYU gets on a roll, right? What was the most impressive thing you – let's take it bigger picture. What's been the most impressive thing you've seen in all three games from BYU football? Um, I would probably, I'd probably say just the, the, the edge, the swag, the confidence, man. Um, this just, and, 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 and that's, that's the whole team. And then, you know, the second answer from that would be the defense. This looks like the defense that I played under, you know, with, with Bronco, everybody flying to the ball. There's multiple, uh, hats, you know, around the, the ball, even, even when the play is over. Right. Um, and, and I would, I would say that, man, it's, 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 it's I believe is back to, you know, when, when I played and, and, uh, and even a little bit after that with Kyle Van Noy, those type of guys. Um, so, yeah, man, I think, I think that's the, the biggest thing that's, that's, that has stuck out to me so far. Nicely put. BYU has not given up 24 points in any game this well, season. Well, well, <laughs> That's the number, that, man. That's the number. That's the magic number. And BYU needed that number to beat Wisconsin, by the way. And they needed that number to beat They needed Cal. 22, but they got 24. Right. And if they get 24 against Cal- uh, Bronco <laughs> knew some stuff, didn't he? Hey, man, you know, stats and data, it just, they don't lie, man. It, they don't, you know. When he came in and he had, you know, a whole bunch of analysts put together those, those reports and those numbers and they came out with those pillars and he was like, well, okay, well, if this is what the data is telling me, this is our goal. Plenty, it's simple. It's, life could be that simple. It can be. <laughs> we have 30 seconds. Uh, what can we expect on After Further Review tonight, Brian? Uh, me and uh, David Nixon were taking over. Show so really, yep. you guys have conspired to do this for a long time. Yeah, peeking in the brain. And you know what? The, the the fact of the matter is that we can do anything when you beat a team like Wisconsin. You know, and yeah, so we get the, the, there's no rules anymore. It's the brave no takeover. This is BYU. There's no rules. Nope. Not when you what? what? Nope. Not when you beat the number six team. No, no homework. No class. <laughs> I'm just playing. Kind of. There will be. <laughs> Bravid Nogan is going to make Raven an appearance on After and Further every Review Tuesday, tonight. You guys say, what are we doing today? That's right. Going That's to right. take over After Further Review. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, great to have you with us, man. Thanks. Good to see you, Brian. Okay, coming up, not one, not two, well, just two. National Team of the Week Awards for BYU football. And fancy this. Elijah Bryant looks good in his first preseason game in Israel. He has returned. Is anybody surprised? The hearts of his teammates returned, Spencer. <laughs> this is BYU Sports <laughs> Shout out to today's guests, Corbin Kafusi, Lauren McLean, and Brian Logan. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, even though his picture was on the wall behind us in the Corbin Kafusi interview. We ran out of time. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Those Cougadores are the national team of the week by the Football Writers Association of America and the NCAA after upsetting number six Wisconsin Saturday at Camp Randall. The Cougars host McNeese this Saturday on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Cougars overseas. Elijah Bryant 
your leading scorer for Hapoel Eilat with 27 points in a 78-75 win on Saturday. Their first regular season game goes in October 7th against Hapoel T-A. Tyler Haas scored 18 points and had six rebounds and three assists in Spain for Levitek Huesca, who lost by 5-2. <laughs> Forza Yeda Club Esportiu. Wow. Charles Abu had 15 points, seven rebounds, four assists, and four steals. Stat stopper to help the Ivory Coast in a 71-53 win over Rwanda in the African qualifiers for the World Cup. Volleyball. Lindy Haddock Epic earns West Coast Conference Player of the Week after 42 assists and three sets at Weber State. Soccer. BYU lost to Long Beach State at Southfield last night 3-1 despite scoring the game's first goal in the 54th minute from Bella Foligno. Golf. Day two of the Mercedes-Benz Collegiate Championship continues today. Halfway through the tournament, the Cougars are in 15th place. Rose Huang and Naomi Soifua are the top Cougar golfers, both tied for 21st. Cross country. BYU junior Erica Burke-Jarvis named West Coast Conference Women's Runner of the Week. Burke-Jarvis won the Women's 5K at the Autumn Classic, leading the Cougars to a first-place finish. That takes us to today's Rise and Shout. It goes to Corbin Kafusi for being tired. Because if he's not tired... Maybe Kalani Satake calls timeouts to ice the kicker. Maybe he doesn't. But oh he called goodness. two timeouts to give Corbin Kafusi rest, and then Gaglione misses the field goal. Are you so kidding good. me? Kill two birds with one stone. Our question of the day. Is Tanner Mangum's performance at Wisconsin being undervalued at Shane Lawrence C on Twitter? Tanner played like a senior quarterback. No turnovers or bad sacks to move us out of field goal range. Solid throws when BYU needed them. This is fine as long as the run game is working and BYU doesn't have to play from behind. Yeah, it worked that day. It's not sustainable long-term if the run game's not working, right? Then you have a cow performance. That's, that's what happens. You lose. The Elite Voice of the Day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years at Chet Ruger on Twitter. One thing that is going unnoticed is the way Tanner disguises the jet sweep. Watching that game back, those linebackers were guessing and guessing wrong most of the time. Amen. Nice job. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Alvin Daly. Alvin Daly. Dude, dude, go Cougs. <laughs> wow. 